The Practice of Piety, a Puritan devotional manual by Lewis Bailey. I believe we're on number eight, right around there. And uh, just a, an amazing book, just wonderful. And uh, 1611, republished 100 times. Published most recently by Soli Deo Gloria uh, out of Pennsylvania. And we've come to the section called Thirdly for Thy Actions. <clears throat> and we're on a chapter called How to Rule Thy Actions. Number one, do no evil. Though thou mightest, for God will not suffer the least sin without bitter repentance to escape unpunished. Leave not undone any good that thou canst, but do nothing without a calling or anything in thy calling till thou hast first taken counsel at God's word. For Samuel 38. Of its lawfulness and pray for his blessings upon thy endeavor, and then do it in the name of God with cheerfulness of heart, committing the success to him in whose power it is to bless with his grace whatsoever business is intended to his glory. Number two, when thou art tempted to do an evil work, 1 Corinthians 7, 4, remember that Satan is where his business is. Then let the child of God be the instrument of so, base a, of so base a slave. Hate the work if thou abhorrest the author. <coughs> Ask thy conscience these two questions. Would I have another do this to me? Matthew seven twelve. What shall I answer Christ in the day of my accounts of contrary to my knowledge and conscience? I shall do this wickedness and sin against him? Luke 16, 2, 2 Corinthians 7, 2, and 10, 5, 10. And remember with Joseph, Genesis 39, 9, and 11, etc., that though no man seeth, yet God seeth all. Fly, therefore, with Joseph from all sins, as well as those that are secret in the sight of God, as those that are manifest in the eyes of men. For God, as he is just, without speedy repentance, will bring the secret sins, as he did David's, to the open light, before all Israel and before the Son, 2 Samuel 12, 12. Be therefore as much afraid of secret sins as of open shame. Luke eight seventeen and twelve two. And so avoid all in general, as that thou dost not allow to thyself any one particular or darling sin, which the corruption of thy nature could best agree with all. Proverbs five eight and six twenty seven. <coughs> For the crafty devil can hold a man's soul as fast as one by many sins, and faster by that one which pleases thee than by all those which begin to be an abomination to thee. And as thou desirest to avoid a sin, so be careful to shun the occasion. Number three. In effecting good actions, which are within the compass of thy calling, distrust not God's providence, though thou seest the means either wanting or weak. Judges 7.7 seven. And if means offer themselves, be sure that they be lawful. And having gotten lawful means, take heed that thou rely not more upon them than upon God himself. Labor in a lawful calling is God's ordinance, by means of which he blesses his children with outward things. Pray, therefore, for God's blessing upon his own means. In earthly business, bear a heavenly mind. Do thou thy best endeavor and commit the whole success to the forwarding wisdom of Almighty God. Never think to thrive by those means which God hath accursed that will not in the end prove again, which is gotten by the loss of thy soul. Matthew 16, 26. In all, therefore, both actions and means, endeavor with Paul to have always a clear conscience towards God and towards men. Acts 14, 16. Look to yourselves what conscience ye have, for conscience shall damn, and conscience shall save. Number four. Love all good things for God's sake, but God for his own sake. <clears throat> 
While thou holdest God thy friend, thou needest not fear who is thy enemy. Psalm 118, 6 and 7, Romans 8, 31, Proverbs 16, 7. For either God will make thine enemy become thy friend, or will bridle him that he cannot hurt thee. Genesis 32, 3, etc., and 31, 7. No man is overthrown by his enemy unless that first his sin hath prevailed over him, and God hath left him to himself. Numbers 14, 42, 43, etc. He that would therefore be safe from the fear of his enemies will live in the favor of his God. Psalm 37, 11, 12, and 13. Let him redeem the folly of time past with serious repentance. Look to the time present with religious diligence and take heed to the time to come with careful providence. Number five. Give every man the honor due to his place, but honor a man more for his goodness than for his greatness. And whom, whomsoever best receive a benefit unto him, as God shall enable thee, remember to be thankful. Acknowledge it lovingly to men, and pray for him heartily to God, and count every blessing received from God as a pledge of his eternal love, and a spur to a godly life. Number six. Be not proud for any external worldly goods, nor for any internal spiritual gifts. Not for external goods, because as they came lately, so they will shortly be gone again. Their loss, therefore, is the less to be grieved at. Not for any internal gifts, for as God gave them, so he likewise will take them away, if, forgetting the giver, thou shalt abuse his gifts, to puff up thy heart with the pride of thine own worth, and condemn others. For whose good Almighty God hath bestowed these gifts upon thee. Hast thou anyone virtue that moves thee to be self-conceited? Thou hast twenty vices that may better vilify thee in thine own eyes. Be the same in the sight of God, who beholds thy heart, that thou seemest to be in the eyes of men, that see thy face. Content not thyself with an outward good name, when thy conscience shall inwardly tell thee it is undeserved, and therefore none of thine. A deserved good name for anything but for godliness lasts little, and is less worth. In all the holy scriptures I never read of a hypocrite's repentance, and no wonder, for as after sin conversion is left as a means to cure all other sinners, what means remain to recover him who has converted conversion itself into sin? Woe therefore to the soul that is not, and yet still remaineth religious. Number seven. <clears throat> Mark the fearful ends of notorious evil men. To abhor their wicked actions. Mark the life of the godly, that thou mayest imitate it, and its blessed end, that it may comfort thee. Numbers 23.10, Psalm 3735, 3637. Obey thy betters, observe the wise, accompany the honest, and love the religious. And seeing the corrupt nature of man is prone to hypocrisy, beware that thou not use the exercises of religion as matters of course and custom, without caring conscience to grow more holy and devout thereby. Observe, therefore, how by the continual use of God's means thou feelest thy special corruptions weakened, and thy sanctification more and more increased, and make no more show of holiness outwardly to the world, than thou hast in the sight of God inwardly in thine heart. Isaiah 51, 5, 6, Matthew 23, 27, and 28. Uh, Psalm 51, uh, 5, and 6. Number 8. Endeavor to rule those who live under thine authority rather than love than by fear. For to rule by love is easy and safe, but tyranny is ever accompanied with care and terror. Oppression will force the oppressed to take any advantage to shake off the yoke that they are not able to bear. Neither will God's justice suffer to continue along the sway that is grounded on tyranny. Remember that though by human ordinance they serve thee, 
yet by a more particular right they are God's servants. 1 Peter 2.13. Yea, now being Christians, not as thy servants, but above servants, brethren, beloved of the Lord. Philemon, uh, uh, verse 16, 1 Corinthians 9.5. Rule, therefore, over Christians, being a Christian in love and mercy, like Christ thy master. Number nine. Remember that of all actions, none makes a magistrate more like God than vice regent he is, than doing justice justly. For the due execution thereof, first, have ever an open ear to the just complaints of unjust dealings. Secondly, so lend one ear to the accuser, so that thou keep the other to the accused. For he that dec decrees for either part, both before be heard, and the decree may be just, but him in, but is himself unjust. Thirdly, in hearing both parts, incline not to the right hand of affections, nor to the left of hatred, as to believe arguments of persuasion for a friend, both arguments concluding concluding for a foe. Fourthly, deny not justice, which is regia misura, for the meanest subject, but let the cause of the poor and needy come in equal balance with the rich and mighty. If thou perceivest on one side in a cause the high hills of cunning advantage, powerful combination, and violent prosecution, and on the other side the low valleys of poverty and simplicity and desolation, prepare thy way as God doth to judgment by raising valleys and taking hills down. Luke 3, 5, and 6, Isaiah 40 verse 3. Inclining inequality, so thou mayest lay the foundation of thy sentence upon an ever even ground. In matters of right and wrong, between party and party, let thy conscience be careful, rather, just sirrah, to pronounce the law that made secundum elegeta et probata than just declare, to make the law of thine own. In other words, don't act autonomously. Second Chronicles 19.10. Upon the authority of sic volo, sic jubio, fearing that Fearful malediction, cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark. Deuteronomy 27.17, Habakkuk 5.1. In trials of life and death, let judges like Elohim and justice remember mercy, and so cast the severe eye of justice upon the fact, as they look with the pitiful eye of mercy upon the malefactor, resting the favor of life where grace promises amendment. But if justice requires that one, rather than unity must perish, and that a rotten member must be cut off to save the whole body from putrefying, fiat justitia. But whilst thou art pronouncing the sentence of judgment on another, remember that thine own judgment hangs over thy head. If in all causes wherefore judge aright, for thou shalt be sure to find a righteous judge before whom thou must shortly appear to be judged thyself, at what time thou mayest leave to thy friend this for thine epitaph. And he's got some long quote in Latin, we'll, we'll skip that. Many I know not upon what grounds seem to be much aggrieved with the laws of the land, but wiser men may answer them with the apostle. And he's got another quote in Latin. Here, here's the translation. We know that the law is good if a man uses it lawfully. 1 Timothy 1.8 And he shall be unto me a righteous judge, whose heart neither corruption of bribes, fear of foes, nor favor of friends can withdraw from the conscionable practice of these precepts. And to the rare... And venerable but judge, I say with Jehoshaphat, be of good courage and do justice that the Lord will be with thee. Second Chronicles 19.11 Number 10. Lastly, make not an occupation of any recreation. The longest use of pleasure is but short, but the pains of pleasure abused are eternal. Use therefore lawful recreation as far as it makes thee the fitter in body and mind to do more cheerfully the service of God and the duties of thy calling. Proverbs 21.17 uh, Philippians 
Thy work is great, thy time is but short, and he will recompense every man according to his work standeth at the door. Revelation 22.12 Think how much work is behind. How slow thou hast wrought in the time which is past, and what a reckoning thou shouldest make, if thy master should call thee this day to the eye accounts. James 5.9 Be therefore careful henceforth to make the most advantage of thy short time which remains, as a man would of an old lease that, that, that was near expiring. And when thou disposest to recreate thyself, remember how small a time is allotted for thy life, and that therefore much of that is not to be consumed in idleness, sports, plays, and toyous vanities, seeing that the whole is but a short while, though it be all spent in doing the best good, and thou can't that thou canst. For a man was not created for sports, plays, and recreation, but zealously to serve God, and conscientiably to serve his neighbor and his vocation by both to ascertain himself of eternal salvation. Esteem, therefore, the loss of time, one of the greatest losses, Ephesians 5.16. Redeem it carefully, to spend it wisely, that when thou, thy time cometh, thou mayest be no longer a steward on earth. Luke 16.2. Thy master may welcome thee with a bona survey, and giveth thee a better heaven, where thou shalt joyfully enter thy master's joy forevermore. Matthew 25.21. Now we come to meditations for the evening. At evening, when thou preservest thyself to the rest, meditate on these few points. Number one, that seeing thy days are numbered. Psalm 90, Job 14.5, there is one, one more of thy number spent, and thou art now the nearer to the end of thy day, of a day by a day. Number two, sit down a while before thou goest to bed, and consider with thyself what memorable thing thou hast seen, heard, or read that day more than thou sawest, heardest, or knowest before, and make the best use of them, but especially call to mind what sin thou hast committed that day against God or man, and what good thou hast omitted. Humble thyself for both. <clears throat> if thou findest that thou hast done any goodness, acknowledge it to be of God's grace, and give him the glory, and count that day lost wherein thou hast not done good, some good. Number three. If by frailty or strong temptation thou shalt perceive that thou hast committed any grievous sin or fault, presume not to sleep till thou hast upon thy knees made a particular reconciliation with God to Christ, both by confessing the fault and by fervently praying for pardon, thus making thy score even with Christ every night. Thou shalt have less the account for. Thou art to make thy final reckoning before his majesty in the judgment day. Number four. If thou hast fallen out with any in the day, let not the sun go down on thine anger that night. Ephesians 4.26 If thy conscience tell thee that thou hast wronged him, acknowledge thine offense and entreat him to forgive thee. If he have wronged thee, offer him reconciliation. And if he will not be reconciled, yet do thou from thy heart forgive him. Matthew 5.23 But in any case, presume not to be thine own revenger. For in doing thou doest God a double injury. First, in offering to take the sword of justice out of his hand, as though he were not just, having reserved the execution of vengeance to himself, Romans 12.19. Secondly, in usurping authority over a servant without referring the cause of his hearing and censure being his and thy master. Being his and thy, and thy master. Besides, thou art too partial to be a revenger. For if thou be were to execute judgment on thyself, thou would do it too lightly, if on thy enemy too heavily. It belongeth therefore to God to take revenge, to thee to forgive. <coughs> and in testimony, that thou hast freely forgiven him, pray to God for the forgiveness of his fault, 
and the amendment of his life, and next time that occasion is offered, and it lies in thy power to do him good, and rejoice in doing it. For he that doeth good to his enemies shows himself the child of God. Matthew 3.39, Romans 12.20. And his reward is with God his Father. Number five. Use not sleep as a means to satisfy the foggy litherness of thy flesh. As a medicine to refresh thy tired senses and members, sufficient sleep quickens the mind and revives the body, but immoderate sleep dulls the one and fattens the other. Number six. Remember that many go to bed and never rise again till they be wakened and raised by the fearful sound of the last judgment, the last trumpet. But he that sleepeth and waketh with prayer sleepeth and waketh with Christ. <clears throat> if therefore thou desirest to sleep securely and safely, yield up thyself into the hands of God whilst thou art waking. And so go to bed with a reverence of God's majesty and consideration of thine own misery, which thou mayest imprint on thy heart in some measure by, by these and the like meditations. Read a chapter in the same order as was prescribed in the morning, and when thou hast done, kneel down on thy knees by thy bedside, or some other convenient place in thy chamber, and lifting up thy heart, thine eyes and hands, thy heavenly Father, in the name and mediation of his holy Son, Jesus, pray to him, if thou hast the gift of prayer. Number one, confessing thy sins, especially which thou hast committed that day. Number two, craving more earnestly for Christ's sake, pardon and forgiveness of them. Number three, requesting the assistance of his Holy Spirit for amendment of life. Number four, in giving thanks for benefits received, especially for their preservation that day. Number five, for rest and protection that night. Number six, remembering the state of the church, the queen, and the royal posterity, our ministers and magistrates, and all our brethren visited or persecuted. <coughs> okay, this was written when uh, Elizabeth was still queen. Uh, and we're talking about the Elizabeth in the early 1600s. Lastly, number seven, commending thyself and all thine to his gracious custody, all which thou mayest do in these or in like words. A prayer for the evening. O most gracious God and loving Father, who art about my bed and knowest my lying down and my uprising, and art near unto all that call upon thee in truth and sincerity, I, wretched sinner, do beseech thee to look upon me with the eyes of thy mercy, and not to behold me as I am in myself, for then thou shalt see but an unclean and defiled creature conceived in sin, and living in iniquity, so that I am ashamed to lift up mine eyes to heaven, knowing how grievously I have sinned against heaven and before thee. For, O Lord, I have transgressed all of thy commandments and righteous laws, not only through negligence and infirmity, but oftentimes through willful presumption, contrary to my knowledge, yea, contrary to the motions of thy Holy Spirit reclaiming me from them, so that I have wounded my conscience and grieved thy Holy Spirit, by whom thou hast sealed me unto the day of redemption. Thou hast consecrated my soul and body to be temples of the Holy Spirit, I, wretched sinner, have defiled both with all manner of pollution and uncleanness my eyes in taking pleasure to behold vanity, my ears in hearing impure and unchaste speeches, my tongue in leasing and speaking evil, my hands are so full of imp impurity that I am ashamed to lift them up unto thee, and my feet having carried after my own ways, my understanding and reasoning, which are so quick in all earthly matters, are only blind and stupid when I come to meditations or discourse of spiritual heavenly things. My memory, which should be the treasury of all goodness, is not so apt to remember anything as those things which are vile and vain. Yea, Lord, by woeful experience I find that naturally all my inclinations of my thoughts and my heart are only evil continually, and my sins are more in number than the hairs have grown upon my head. And they have grown over me like a loathsome leprosy, that from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet there remains no part which have not infected they make me seem vile in my own eyes. 
how much more abominable must I then appear in thy sight? And the custom of sinning hath almost taken away the conscience of sin, and brought upon me such dullness of sense and hardness of heart, that thy judgments denounced against my sins by the faithful preachers of thy word do not terrify me to return to thee by unfeigned repentance for them. And if thou, Lord, shouldest deal with, but deal with me according to thy justice and my desert, I should utterly be confounded and condemned. But seeing that of thine infinite mercy thou hast spared me so long, and still waitest for my repentance, I humbly beseech thee for the sake of the, the bitter death and bloody passion of which Jesus Christ hath suffered for me, that thou wouldest pardon and freely forgive me all my sins and offenses, and open unto me thy everlasting, thy ever-streaming fountain of the blood of Christ, which thou hast promised to open under the New Testament to the penitent of the house of David, that all my sins and uncleanness may be so bathed in his blood, buried in his death, and hid in his wounds, that they may never be seen to shame me in this life, or to condemn me before the judgment seat, before thy judgment seat in the world which is to come. And for as much as, Lord, thou knowest that it is not in man to turn his own heart, unless thou dost first give him grace to convert, and saying that it is easy with thee to make my, me righteous and holy, as to bid me to be such, O oh, my God, give me grace to do what thou commandest, and then command what thou wilt. And thou shalt find me willing to do thy blessed will. And to do this, and to this end, give me thy Holy Spirit, which thou hast promised to give, to the world's ends, and to, the, to all thy elect people. And let the same Holy Spirit purge my heart, heal my corruption, sanctify my nature, and consecrate my soul and body, that they may become the temples of the Holy Spirit, to serve thee in righteousness and holiness all the days of my life. That when, by the direction and assistance of the Holy Spirit, thy Holy Spirit, I shall finish my course in this short and transitory life, I may cheerfully leave this world and resign my soul into the heavenly hands in the assured confidence of enjoying everlasting life with thee in thine heavenly kingdom, which thou hast prepared for thy elect saints who love the Lord Jesus and expect his appearing. In the meanwhile, O Father, I beseech thee, let thy Holy Spirit work in me such a serious repentance as that I may with tears lament my past sins, with grief of heart be humbled for my sins present, and with all my endeavor resist the like sins in time to come. And let the same Holy Spirit likewise keep me in the unity of the church, lead me in the truth of the word, and preserve me that I never swerve from the same to popery, nor any error or false worship. <clears throat> and let thy Spirit open mine eyes more and more to see the wondrous things of thy law, and to open my lips, that my mouth may defend thy truth, and set forth thy praise. Increase in me those good gifts, which of thy mercy thou hast already bestowed upon me, and give me a patient spirit, a chaste heart." a contented mind, pure affections, wise behavior, and all other graces which thou seest to be necessary for me, to govern my heart and thy fear, and to guide all my life in thy favor. And whether I live or die, I may live and die unto thee, who art my God and my Redeemer. And here, O Lord, according as I am bound, I render unto thee from the altar of my humblest heart all possible thanks for all those blessings and benefits which so graciously and Plenteously thou hast bestowed upon my soul and body for this life and for that which is to come, namely, for my election, creation, redemption, vocation, justification, sanctification, and preservation from my childhood into this present day and hour, and for the firm hope which thou hast given me of my glorification, likewise for my health, wealth, food, raiment, and prosperity, and more especially for that thou hast defended me this day now past from all perils and dangers both of body and soul, furnishing me with all necessary good things that I stand in need of. And as thou hast ordained the day for man to travel in, 
and the night for him to take rest in. So I beseech thee, sanctify unto me this night's sleep and rest, that I may enjoy the same as thy sweet blessing and benefits. And so this dull and wearied body of mine, being refreshed with moderate sleep and rest, I may be the better enabled to walk before thee, doing all such good works as thou hast appointed, when it shall please thee, by thy divine power, to waken me the next morning. And whilst I sleep, do thou, O Lord, who art the keeper of Israel, that neither slumbering nor sleepest, watch over me in thy holy providence, to protect me from all dangers, so that neither the evil angels of Satan nor any wicked enemy may have any power to do me any harm or evil. And to this end, give a charge unto thy holy angels, that they, at thine appointment, may pitch their tents round about me, for my defense and safety, as thou hast promised, that they should do about them that fear thy name. And knowing that thy name is a strong tower of defense unto all those that trust thee, that trust therein. I have recommended myself and all that belong to me under thy holy protection and custody. If it be thy blessing, blessed will to call for me in my sleep, O Lord, for Christ's sake, have mercy upon me and receive my soul into the heavenly kingdom. And if it be thy blessed pleasure to add more days to my life, O Lord, add more amendment to my days and wean my mind from the love of the world and worldly vanities that cause me more and more to settle my conversation on and cause me more and more to settle my conversation on heaven and heavenly things and perfect daily in me that good work which thou hast begun to the glory of thy name and the salvation of my sinful soul o lord i beseech thee likewise save and defend from all evil and danger thy holy church the queen and all the royal family Keep them in all the sincerity of thy truth, and prosper them in all grace and happiness. Bless the nobility, ministers, and magistrates of thy churches and kingdoms, each of them with those graces which are expedient for their place and calling. And be thou, O Lord, a comfort and consolation to all thy people, whom thou hast thought meet to visit with any kind of sickness, cross, or calamity. Hasten, O Father, the coming of, my, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Make me ever so mindful of my last end, and of the reckoning that I will then to make unto thee, and in the meantime careful so to follow Christ in the regeneration during this life, is that with Christ I may have a portion in the resurrection of the just when this mortal life is ended. These graces and all other blessings which thou, O Father, knowest to be requisite and necessary for me, I humbly beg and crave at thy hands in the name and mediation of Jesus Christ thy Son, and in that form of prayer which he himself hath taught me to say unto thee, <coughs> Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name etc. Another shorter evening prayer. And these prayers, I mean, you can tell he put a lot of work into these prayers. These are amazing prayers. O eternal God and Heavenly Father, if I were not taught and assured of the promises of the gospel and the examples of Peter, Mary Magdalene, the publican, the prodigal child, and many other penitent sinners, if thou art so full of compassion and so ready to forgive the greatest of sinners, who are heaviest laden with sin, at what time soever thou return unto thee with penitent hearts, lamenting their sins and imploring thy grace, I should despair for mine own sins and be utterly discouraged from presuming to come into thy presence. Considering the hardness of my heart, the unruliness of my affections, and the uncleanness of my conversation, <clears throat> by means of which I have transgressed all thy laws and deserve thy curse, which might cause my body to be smitten with some fearful disease, my soul to be languished in the death of sin, my good name to be traduced with all scandalous reproaches, and make mine estate liable to all manner of crosses and casualties. And I confess, Lord, that thy mercy is the cause that I have not been long ago confounded. But, O oh my God, is thy mercy only 
stayed thy judgment from falling upon me hitherto. So I humbly beseech thee in the bowels of thy mercy of Jesus Christ, in whom thou only thou art well blessed, that thou wilt not deal with me according to my deserts, but thou wouldest freely and fully remit unto me all my sins and transgressions, and that thou wouldest wash them clean from me with the virtue of that most precious blood which thy Son Jesus Christ has shed for me. For he alone is the physician, and his blood only is the medicine that can heal my sickness, and he is the true brazen serpent that can cure that poison wherewith the fiery serpents of my sins have stung and poisoned my sick and wounded soul. And give me, I beseech thee, thine Holy Spirit, which may assure me of mine adoption, and that may confirm my faith, increase my repentance, enlighten my understanding, purify my heart, rectify my, rectify my will and affections. So sanctify me throughout, that my whole body, soul, and spirit may be kept unblameable until the glorious coming of my Lord Jesus Christ. O now, our Lord, I give thee hearty thanks and praise, for that thou hast this day preserved me from all harms and perils, notwithstanding all my sins and evil deserts. That I may beseech thee likewise, defend me this night from the roaring lion, which, which night and day seeketh to devour me. Watch thou, O Lord, over me this night to keep me from, my temp from his temptations and tyranny, and let thy mercy shield me from his unappeasable rage and malice. And to this end I commend myself unto thy hands and protection, beseeching thee, O Lord, my Lord and God, <clears throat> not to suffer Satan nor any of his evil members to have power to do me any hurt or violence this night. And grant, good Lord, that whether I sleep or wake, live or die, I may sleep, wake, and live, and die unto thee, and to the glory of thy name, and the salvation of my soul. Lord, bless and defend all thy people, chosen people everywhere. Grant our Queen a long and happy reign over us. Bless all the royal family, together with all our magistrates and ministers. Comfort them who are in misery, need, or sickness. Good Lord, Give me grace to be one of those wise virgins, which may have my heart prepared like a lamp furnished with the oil of faith and the light of good works, to meet the Lord Jesus, the heavenly bridegroom, at a second and sudden coming in glory. Grant this, good Father, for Christ Jesus' sake, my only Savior and Mediator, in whose blessed name and in whose own words I call upon thee as thou hast taught me. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, etc. Thy grace, O Lord Jesus Christ, thy love, O Heavenly Father, thy comfort and consolation, O Holy Blessed Spirit, be with me and dwell in my heart this night and forevermore. Amen. Then rising up in holy reverence, meditate as thou art putting off thy clothes. Number one, that the day is coming when thou must be as barely un unstripped of all that which thou hast in the world as thou art now in thy clothes. Thou hast therefore here, but the use of all things is a steward for a time, and in that account upon accounts, Luke 16.2. Whilst therefore thou art trusted with this stewardship, be wise and faithful. Matthew 24.2. Number two, when thou seest thy bed, let it put thee in mind of thy grave. Job 17.13. Which is now the bed of Christ. For Christ, by laying his holy body to rest three days and three nights in the grave, Matthew twelve forty, hath sanctified and, as it were, warmed it for the bodies of his saints to rest and sleep in, First Thessalonians four thirteen, till the morning of the resurrection. So that now, under the faithful, death is but sweet sleep, and the grave but Christ's bed, where their bodies rest and sleep in peace. Isaiah uh, fifty seven two. 
until the joyful morning of the resurrection day shall dawn unto thee. Uh, Isaiah 26.20 Let therefore thy bedclothes represent to thee the mold of the earth which shall cover thee, thy sheets, thy winding sheet, thy sleep, thy death, thy waking, thy resurrection. And being laid down on thy bed, when thou preservest sleep to approach, say, I will lay me down to sleep in peace, for thou, Lord, only maketh me dwell in safety. Psalm 4, eight. Thus, religiously opening every morning thy heart and shutting it up again every evening with a word of God and prayer, as it were a lock and key. And so beginning the day with God's worship, continuing in his fear and ending it in his favor, thou shalt be sure to find the blessing of God upon all thy day's labors and good endeavors. And at night thou mayest secure thyself. Thou shalt sleep safely and sweetly in the arms of thy heavenly Father's providence. <clears throat> Thus far the piety which every Christian, in private, ought to practice every day. Now following that which he, being a householder, must practice publicly with his family. And we'll, we'll, we'll stop here because he's going to start talking about household piety. Um, and the, the practice of piety, a Puritan devotional man, Lewis Bailey. Everyone should own it. Everyone should buy it. Uh, it's my understanding that Joel Beakey bought out Solidea Gloria. So I would imagine that he probably still publishes this. Uh, being an admirer of the Puritans, I would think that this being one of the best Puritan devotional manuals ever written. Just amazing. And I would I would recommend reading these prayers over and over again just to help us learn uh, how to pray uh, biblically, effectively, and yet, um, not too lengthy. You know, they're not they're not real real long, but they they really pack a punch. They really contain all those elements that we, we really should think about. Um, so you know, let's meditate on that. But anyway, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this devotional manual. Help us, Lord, to be conform our lives to this example, to this teaching. Uh, we fall short in every area, Lord. We we're rotten sinners, Lord. We. We want to be more obedient. We want to be more faithful. We want to be more diligent. We want to be much more uh, able to live consistently. Open the day with you. Close the day with you. Meditate on you throughout the day. Live every day for you. And we need your help to do that, Lord. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in us. We need the efficacy of Christ's intercession. We need, uh, of course, to meditate on what Christ has done and to live in terms of that. Help us, Lord, to be obedient and sanctified. In Jesus' name, amen.